I'm Maddie. And I'm the juggernaut, bitch. Welcome to the show where and you- I co-host <laughs> the Mutinages with the Juggernaut. <laughs> and I hate yeah. it, but I've just been doing it anyway just, for years. I'm going to talk like this the entire time because I'm the juggernaut. I just turned down the volume on my... Like, I... I uh... <laughs> Okay, As sorry. You were screaming that. Anyway, hello, Ryan. Hello, not hey. the juggernaut. Welcome. Well, you don't know that. As it turns out, anyone could become the juggernaut, which I did That's know. That's true. Because and that once is... upon a time, Colossus became the juggernaut. Yeah, and that is a, a fun little fact that we learned on this week's episode of X-Men, the animated series, which we're watching because this is a show where we watch every adaptation of the X-Men, and it's called The Mutant Ages. What's up? <laughs> Back when we were young. We experienced a change We felt a power grow in us Both wonderful and strange The power to care about the X-Men And the mutant brotherhood All of their adventures More than anyone should From the comic book pages to the I'm not the juggernaut currently. You know no, what? I don't know but if I would want to be the juggernaut. You I don't know, know. It doesn't look that good based on this episode. So like historically, I have hated the juggernaut episodes, but you know what? Controversial this statement. Fun. This one is good. This is the first <laughs> and possibly only good juggernaut episode to ever exist. And thank God, because we have been watching a bunch of real stinkers of X-Men, the and, animated and, series and episodes not lately. To say- that the juggernaut episodes are even bad we just don't like we don't the juggernaut like them. well some He's of the boring. episodes He's... are bad because usually when the juggernaut shows up it's a filler episode and it's not like a main right. plot episode which this episode admittedly is in that scenario i think i think we're at that point where they all are that way for the next two seasons but that's okay but it's like as Monster far of the as week. filler episodes go this one's like pretty funny everybody's in character like interesting information is revealed about xavier and also kane slash the juggernaut so okay that's we're just I'm, let's let's just let's open just this by saying that in, maddie yeah. sent me a message uh let's see i'm gonna go scroll up because it wasn't that long ago oh my god xavier in this episode i'm like blown away that's all you, if that gives you any kind of indication considering how much we already dislike charles xavier like how blown away i already regularly am by charles xavier this is just yet another episode where i'm like what is happening but this is actually one of the first episodes where i feel like even the episode itself is kind of asserting that maybe xavier is actually doing the wrong thing i don't know i guess it's debatable as to how much credit we want to give the show for for these sorts of things but it does seem like it's be- xavier's being condemned for his actions maybe i mean he should be he's kind <laughs> of being a dick in this i mean i don't even we'll get to it we'll, we'll let the <laughs> we'll let the listeners decide but let me tell you all the x-men are on our side with this yeah so. like it is nice to see all the x-men telling xavier that he's a dick that's basically what this episode is so this episode's titled the juggernaut returns 
it's I think it's well, one of the out of sequence episodes because Jean, Jean Grey is, not, is not in it and there's a But brief... every other ex- No, Jubilee's not there either. I was no, gonna she say, is there. there. Jubilee is at a pool party for like two seconds. Have you already forgotten? Oh, that's this? what that was? Yes. I didn't realize that's what she was doing. I didn't I guess I didn't recognize that was even Jubilee. Yeah. Um we can get to that. There's one shot of Jubilee in this episode. But okay. I think that this is during the Phoenix saga when Jean is maybe dead question mark because she well, isn't like even shown in this episode. I like the idea that Jean Grey died and Jubilee is like, well, Time since you didn't swimming. invite me, I'm going to go to a pool party and Gambit's like, hey, cool, I'll drive, you know? I mean, he's not the weakest Gambit. Okay, whatever. We'll get to that. <laughs> okay, it fine. doesn't even matter. So, okay, like, so let's open up. Wait, hold on. Wait, we didn't do that. Previously on the X-Men, a bunch of unrelated shit. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty uh, we, much. I mean, like, what is the previously on the X-Men that is actually relevant to this there specific isn't, episode? But we can talk about what's been happening in this season, which has literally been the Phoenix Saga followed by the Dark Phoenix Saga followed by a couple filler episodes episodes with Iceman mm-hmm. and uh Corsair, Scott Cyclops out, dad. dad. Yeah. And that's pretty much all that's, that's happened it. this season. I mean, I think all of these filler episodes were probably supposed to go between the Phoenix Saga and the Dark Phoenix Saga before Jean came back from being in the inside of the sun. Like placement-wise, I think that's where this was supposed to go. But right. it doesn't and, super uh, matter. I, and as we discussed in a previous episode, um the production crew on this team, it was outsourced to other production crews for all these other episodes. So that's yeah. why they were shown out of order. Right. So so that's fine. I mean, I was mostly relieved that it felt like the writing team was the team that wrote this episode because like some of the animation is not super great because I know they were using different studios during the season, probably mostly focusing on the Phoenix episodes to make sure that those looked really good. But at least the and writing in this episode, I was like, this is funny. There's some snappy dialogue. Everybody's acting like themselves all the flaws and all the good qualities that that entails so that was nice to see um do we need to like explain who the juggernaut is i guess we can just say he is xavier's brother he doesn't have mutant powers but he does have magical powers that comes from the crystal ciderac yeah ciderac is how they pronounce it at least in this show um and all of that, the machinations of those powers are explained specifically in this episode, which they actually haven't been previously on the show. So that's kind of interesting, I guess. Um, so it starts out with this other random character that we've like never seen before who does nerd. not have a name. I just call him the nerd no, it is. in all it's, my, na- his in name my is, notes. His name is Eugene. Is it? It's Eugene. Oh, yeah. He does refer to himself in his like little I, diary. Like, like at some point, he's, he's like, like, Eugene gobbledygook. And then like yeah, says much. what his name is. I don't know. That's the last time you hear his name. All I'm thinking of is Eugene Fitzherbert from Tangled, and that's not his name. But that's it is. what I keep thinking. This guy you is not what? even close to as cool as Eugene from Tangled. He is a huge nerd. You know what's great is that we're going to Disney World soon. But I know, anyway, right? anyway, <laughs> it's so, like clearly seeping into the show at this point. Because well, I keep watching all these Disney movies because I'm Me like getting amped too. for Disney, so I watched Tangled recently. Anyway, this random nerd who isn't Eugene Fitzherbert is digging up a, a tablet, a stone tablet in this temple. How did he get in there? I is don't my know. Question. How did he know about this temple? Like he somehow knows what the cave of Sidorak is. Well, okay. Well, I think the idea here is that they're like, this guy is a nerd. So he knows everything about books. So he read a, about the crystal of Sidorak in a yeah. book. I think that's what they're getting to. I mean, I guess so. I, somehow he found out about this magical tablet. So he finds yeah. it and he digs it up and he goes, the legends are true. They all laughed I at me. I wish that was the real case if we were at... Like, 
being a nerd myself, if we read a book and we found out about some magical yeah, artifact you could just that actually gave us powers, go and we could just go and find it. And find it. <laughs> Although, honestly, like this guy's life, I don't know. I don't know if this is an experience I would want to have per se, but it is very like hero's journey, I guess. Anyway, he's like talking into his little tape recorder, like keeping a diary of everything that he's finding. So he is talking to himself, but whatever, it's fine. And so he says, yeah, he's basically like, I'm holding the fabled tablet of Sidorak. Legend yeah. has it that Sidorak endowed his faithful with unearthly mystical powers, virtual immortality. And like throughout this scene, we're getting cutaways to the juggernaut walking around and also like a bunch of fish which (laughs) i don't know why that's there i mean i guess juggernaut is like walking i mean it's revealed that he's walking up to a bridge in new york city and then there's the scene of him on the bridge so is he underwater and then like on a bridge because there's like a manatee that appears for a split second i don't don't know so juggernaut is just like hanging out underwater in like a separate place but it's not clear that it's in a separate place for now um it's kind of funny to see these two things spliced together because this guy's like this is the crystal of Cinerac. and then it's like a shot of somebody stomping underwater yeah and it then it goes fun. back to this dude again yeah and so then the dude is explaining that the way that you unlock these powers is by touching this ruby and then he's like where's the ruby oh no and then meanwhile we go back to juggernaut and he climbs onto stomping. this bridge and there's all these cars it's like a new york city crosstown bridge so there's like a ton of cars on there and juggernaut just randomly decides to start throwing cars off the bridge i don't know why he's chosen to do this but he's doing that and he, at one point he screams i'll make you pay for this charles which like xavier's not there like he's I not don't... there i don't know what he's doing he's just he's throwing cars around like they're toys and it's just what he did in the colossus episode yeah i mean it's he's the, doing classic juggernaut stuff where like i don't what was he doing between the colossus episode and now unclear and like why does he now suddenly want to search for charles again i, we I may don't never know, know. Also, oh, also i'm checking my notes and i forgot that it's not a manatee that he hits he sees in underwater it's a shark because he punches it in the face and it swims away wow i can't believe i didn't write that down because that sounds incredibly <laughs> memorable but mostly i mean i, I wrote it down but clearly i didn't write it in the order in which it happened well it's you know what you were probably just still thinking about it and you were like even though it's a scene later i need to write down that shark thing because that shit was crazy <laughs> i mean it was but i mean it's kind of still crazy that he's on a bridge just screaming about charles i, I guess they're in brooklyn yeah maybe. i guess so i mean he's like literally walking through the water and then through new york city to get to upstate new york to get to charles like we're just watching his entire walk on the way there and all the cars and that he throws while he's just on his way and so right, like, and by the way he screams, I'm going to make you pay for this, Charles. And then it cuts to a commercial break. And it's like, okay, what's happening? Yeah. And so then the final moment of this scene that matters is that he finds a cab and he tears off the top of the cab so that he can fit into it and drive away. It's kind of funny. He looks like it he's in funny. a Mario Kart. He does. He looks like he's in like bumper cars is really what yes. I thought of. It's pretty okay, funny that works looking. Too. Um, and the cabbie shouts, you stinking mutant at him. And Juggernaut goes, I'm not a mutant, but I know where one lives. 
as he's like it's driving like, away. Okay, thanks. But also, I like how some people are running around terrified, but others are like playing in yeah, their like cars. Yeah, like the cabbie a, just got the thrown out of his car, and he's like, "Hey!" and he's like really mad, which is pretty funny because it's like New York. Hey, New Yorkers don't care about this yeah. shit. And then also, the juggernaut tries to run the dude over afterwards. Like yeah. he turns around, the cabbie's like, like, "Oh shit! I didn't think he'd come back for me." And we're like, "Oh god!" And then it's like the kind of co- funny though. It's like framed like it's comedic, but it's also. Oh, wait, like but there's also that die. wait hold on there's that's that moment too where he's driving but he stops because there's a whole bunch of girls with cameras and he like makes a piece at them or something <laughs> and they're like oh i'm like what there's some mixed signals going on here yeah it's it's a weird episode but you know also, what Juggernaut is gay, it. so it's kind of funny so maybe it's just him being like here's my cool fan club it they is. follow me everywhere i go they do uh, and they're in the entire rest of the episode no they're not anyway back at the x mansion charles is like watching Watching the news and seeing Juggernaut on there, and he just goes, "Beast, you're needed immediately," and like calls Beast in, and Beast is like, "What is what's, what's going up? on?" And Xavier just goes, "The Juggernaut has returned," and Beast, and Beast is, is like, like, "There's nobody here." Yeah, he's like, "Given our limited numbers, we shall need a strategy to dissuade Kane from his aggression." And Xavier goes, "Yes, and we shall need it soon," because like as he's saying that Juggernaut is driving through the mansion gates, like <laughs> to their house, like they don't yeah, really have time. Also, by the way, Juggernaut screams, here's Juggy. Okay, what the fuck is up with this? Like, this is the second Uh, here's Johnny joke that we've had, like, in this season, I think. Like, remember Wolverine said it, and now they're doing it again? I know, I don't know, but it's way funnier. Somebody on the rating team watched The Shining and loved it. Yeah. Exactly, but I think the Juggernaut saying it is way funnier. It is than way Wolverine funnier because, because he's saying like, here's he's, Juggy, which is he's like he's also coming what? to kill Xavier. Oh, we don't even know what he's going to do. He just threw a bunch of cars around on the Brooklyn Bridge. Is like I'm gonna go get revenge on Xavier and stomps in to the mansion and screams here's juggy yeah and like like, i mean also there were some machine guns firing at him from the mansion lawn which like don't do anything and also like don't hurt anyone else but they're just like out there i guess right anyway by the time he gets in there we cross cut back to the nerd guy eugene who finds the ruby so then we're right. like, oh shit, Juggernaut doesn't like have the ruby on him at all times. Kinda That's a little dumb. strange, right? Yeah, Why it is he strange. It and it's him? like a key plot point in this episode, the fact that he doesn't have the ruby with him and apparently just left it there for anyone else to find. But well, whatever. supposedly he buried it. I don't know. It's well, like he, he did bury it. it. I mean, Eugene found it again. But yeah, I, I mean, know. I don't know why. He doesn't hold on Th- to that's it. That's honestly a plot hole in this episode that's not resolved. Yeah, I mean, basically this episode says that you don't need to have the ruby on you in order to become the juggernaut. You just need to be holding it, which I can't remember if this is the case. I thought you had to have it on you. You don't, no, you don't, I don't. I don't think you have... I don't remember him always having it on him. Because I then thought he other did. people uh, obtain it in the comics you know yeah and so like if you obtain it then you have to say this little incantation and then you become yeah, the juggernaut but i do remember him like carrying it with him anyway that in was the comic why books yeah i thought he had it that's what would a smart person would do i guess <laughs> yeah, can't, like, okay but to be fair around with you so that people uh, you can't know what? fucking it take is it. in character for fucking k marco not to think oh maybe i should keep this thing that gives me my powers on me he would be stupid enough to be like i'm gonna bury it back under the ground <laughs> I mean, that is exactly what he did, according to this. But yeah, yeah, I mean, fine, sure. So the nerd finds the ruby. 
So then Xavier's back in his little room calling up all the X-Men on Skype really fucking quickly. And like, oh my God, they're it's really all great. busy. So like Rogue and Storm are on a date at the mall. Storm is wearing Storm an incredible outfit that we've never seen her in before. It's like this green bodysuit thing with like a really cool gold belt that looks badass. Dude, I love the fact that Storm is the only character on this show. With who like fashion looks, sense. Uh, yeah, it's she's fucking amazing. It's I, awesome. Like, posh like spice every over other here. character is just wearing their fucking uniforms like they're shitty dumb i mean i love rogue but like her yellow and green look is like not good but like storm is wearing like a really <laughs> it's her cool favorite colors, though. Come 90s on. like spice girls look in this episode um yeah so then also logan and cyclops were on mirror island and so they get the date. call and hop into the x jet together to leave mirror island where moira and morph are just hanging out but like and what morph's like waving at them yeah. and it's like Cyclops and Wolverine wanted, went on a date together to go see Wolverine's ex, which is a little weird, but well, okay. Well, it's typical. I mean, where is Wolverine going to go where <laughs> his exes aren't? Like, they're literally every time he turns everywhere. around. I mean, it is Scott Pilgrim versus the world if you date him. It you know? is. Oh, and so then there's a shot of Jubilee's raincoat her yellow raincoat and her like little ex communicator ringing on the side of the pool party and i'm pretty sure that's jubilee who does the cannonball off the diving board in that shot you're probably you're probably right and i just didn't look at that because it shows her raincoat and it shows her communicator ringing and then it shows it pans over to the diving board and it shows like a character with dark hair like cannonballing off the diving board a girl and so i think that's supposed to be jubilee and we're supposed to be like haha she's a teenager she's like not paying attention to her communicator basically and then yeah. we see Gambit, who you think is hot wiring a car at first, but then it pans out and he's repairing a school bus, like a broken also, down school bus. Yeah, he he's also it. like he's Why? bent over sexually like, doing sexually it, sexually sticking his ass out, like while repairing the school lady, bus. When like this, is ogling the, him, like as he does yeah, with, this. with her kid standing next to him, and the kid's like, "What's going on, mom?" And she's like, Shh, "Not now, Junior." <laughs> Not now. I'm staring at this beautiful man's ass. I like. I mean, I would be too. Okay, and then it pans over to Gambit, and Gambit's coat is, and his X Men communicator is resting on this like bright pink motorcycle, which is like the yeah. gayest shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> which is adorable. I mean, I I don't know. You can't not love Gambit, but I have no idea why he would be like stopping to help a school bus. It's very weird. I I don't know. I mean, I don't think it was about the school bus. I think it was about about the hotties on this. about picking yeah. up chicks. Yeah, single moms. Much. All right, I buy that a little. More. And he's got like a motorcycle. What to me is like oh check me out uh-huh. i've got a motorcycle and i know how to use single a power moms, tool single baby dads. i'm gambit share. i'm here i know right <laughs> okay so then xavier's like throwing a little tantrum that people aren't there instantly and i'm like dude like rogue and storm and logan and cyclops are all on their way as fast as they can possibly yeah, also, get there. Well, Logan and Scott are in a different country. Yeah, so they're calm like down. across the fucking Atlantic Ocean. And you're like, where <laughs> is everyone? Uh, like, yes, okay, the juggernaut is immediately in the mansion about to kill you. But like, yeah, maybe Storm and Rogue only be wanted so to lucky go to the if mall. That would happen. I know, right? I just think it's funny that he's like so fucking mad about it. And he's like, what? Why can't I contact the X-Men? Where are they? And it's like, okay, the, so okay, two so th- of them were blowing you off, but 
the other four are on their way, dude. Like, whatever. yeah, seriously. And also, I love that Storm and Rogue keep on shopping at the mall because this is like the third time that the, they've gone like to the mall their together. Date that they constantly do together. They go I mean, to the it's mall. Cute. It is I love cute. It. it is cute. So Juggernaut busts in and he goes, "Hey, Charlie, why don't you come when I call?" And then he like mocks his way through. Weirdly sexual. The f- yeah, I know it is weird. So then he like knocks his way through the floor and he goes, "I hope you don't mind. I let myself in. Come out. Come out wherever you are." And then he like laughs at himself, even though that like isn't a funny statement. <laughs> it's just him like it's just being him a child. like talking. Does it? Wait, isn't the next shot him just literally jumping and he crashes through like twenty floors into the sub basement and yeah. he's like, "That was fun." Yeah, basically, and like he basically I think is a child. In the danger room. Yeah, he is very childlike, which is sort of interesting because like in the flashbacks he's not really, but as an adult, it's kind of like he's regressed back well, to this childlike state. I, I actually will argue that that plot point makes sense in the context of this episode in which we find out in which he had a horrible childhood and now he's being a kid because he didn't have the opportunity to be one before i mean that's really sad but i buy it Uh, based on everything else we learn in this app anyway they're in the danger room now i think because charles comes over in his floating chair and he's like holding a remote that can control their surroundings so i think it's the danger room yeah yeah, yeah, they go to the jager room and he puts he makes some things that are like or the savage land i don't know and Xavier's like, somewhere that he can hide in the woods basically yeah pretty much and K- Xavier's like Kane I do not understand your hunger to hurt me which is a strange sentence <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and then he like conjures a bunch of robot juggernauts for Kane to fight, and also the Hulk is randomly there fighting. Yeah, but it's you like know, Danger Room. Well, that's Hulk. a classic. Yeah. Uh, juggernaut or face off right mm-hmm. there. And so then Kane just goes in response to Xavier's question, "You know why?" And then Beast jumps on top of him and is like wrestling him while holding these weird electric gauntlets in his hands. But like that doesn't end up affecting him at all. And Juggernaut throws him off. And like as Beast gets knocked into the wall, the danger room display kind of flickers off again. And then Xavier can't like hide in the woods anymore because the woods are gone and they're just in a room again. And so Kane like walks back up to Xavier. But there's like a weird shot where he almost falls into a random hole in the ground like as he's walking (laughs) over. And then like he manages would be so comical and actually it would be really funny if he just fell in the hole and like that was the end of the episode yep that was it it was cut to credits after two minutes and that would be a great i kind of feel like we just need to remake that as an actual video i mean i feel like that is not too far from what this episode actually does do it just takes longer to get there but anyway back to the nerd he's like reciting this incantation off of the tablet that will turn him into the juggernaut and then he does i got i got this he reads it and he goes i pledge allegiance to the crystal of sidorak and for the juggernaut it stands one body super strength and two infinity and beyond <laughs> that's exactly what he says it's weird yeah, that that's what much. the incantation is but anyway that well, works. you know disney does own marvel now so anyway yeah you're right and they also own the united states of america so then- that's pr- actually probably true at this point <laughs> <laughs> i mean anyway juggernaut like actual juggernaut starts glowing and saying what are you doing like to xavier thinking that xavier is affecting his powers which he can sense them draining away and xavier is like i'm doing nothing and then he starts screaming beast where are you because he's like (laughs) can't do anything on his own and beast is like barely conscious because he just got thrown into a wall previously and is like professor and like dragging himself over i know but meanwhile juggernaut collapses because his power has been drained and and they're they're vanishing and he's screaming 
screams, my powers! Yes! It's very He-Man. I like it. It is. And so I think Juggernaut collapsing is what causes the room to start falling apart, I guess, because then the room starts... No, that's not... Okay, what happens is that his <laughs> powers literally shoot out of his body oh, through the it? roof of the... Of, yeah, it break, the energy literally shoots out of him and breaks through the walls and through the ceiling. It okay. shoots across the wall and it slams through the temple because then the temple, like roof falls apart because it hits that kid and then he has to like get out of there because the temple's falling apart because okay, the energy itself is like that. a fucking comet that shoots out of people to the next person i just thought that everything was falling apart for basically no reason but no, luckily there's a just, completely logical explanation for why yeah sure I, you know what according to x-men logic it's actually pretty tame i mean it makes about as much sense as anything else so beast like manages to like pull together the energy to grab the professor and pull him out of danger and then beast is like what happened to the juggernaut and xavier goes i'm not certain but i know this he's scared to death that's like thanks charles and then commercial break and then rogue and storm come on in there finally yeah, they fly through the hole in the roof yeah, since there's like, a huge hey, hole in the expansion now <laughs> they just like we're like well this is normal yeah and also I, I wrote a note here that just says what is storm wearing it's amazing it is amazing it's the outfit we were talking about before and so Beast i think we just see like them, a full perspective now so yeah yeah and so beast tells him the juggernaut got trapped beneath the collapsed ceiling and says the professor insists we free him and rogue just goes are you crazy in a second he's gonna be knocking us around like play toys and savior goes he cannot something absorbed his powers my brother is pleading for help i can sense his mind i'm fucking rogue great rogue goes i say let him plead after all the misery he's caused us and, and then xavier, xavier like, screams flips out he's like i know xavier's like that is not your decision to make i'm not asking i am telling you to do it that is a direct quote and oh my god rogue looks so fucking pissed and she's like is like shrugging like what i mean if this was not a child show i would just assume that rogue would like flip him off and walk away that would be great but unfortunately she has to do what he says and so beast like leads rogue and storm over to the rubble and they start like grudgingly picking it up and it's like very pretty much both storm and rogue are like Fuck this. Yeah. And Beast makes a comment that Kane is dying underneath there. Mm-hmm. And Xavier's all like, then we need to restore his powers. And Rogue's like, well, this is when he's in, kidding me. This is when he's in the hospital bed. They move him to a hospital bed and he just. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot they did that. Yeah. I just like remember being out of the rubble. Oh, who knows? Anyway, he's fine, but he's still dying, even though he's like not under the rubble anymore right isn't this where storm now step speaks up and she's yes. like uh this guy was trying to fucking kill you like five seconds ago yeah she's like he is sworn to destroy you professor consider what you're saying and xavier just screams don't you think i know that <laughs> <laughs> his very existence tears at me but he's still my brother and i must do everything in my power to save him it's and, like so much Xavier. and so then to beast xavier goes contact cyclops and wolverine this and- is my okay this is my favorite scene in the whole fucking episode <laughs> there's a lot of good scenes in here but this is like by far the whole my favorite one because they, he calls up Cyclops and Wolverine flying the Blackbird mm-hmm. and he's like you need to go to the Temple of Sidorak and retrieve the crystal and Scott goes he wants us to do what give us one good reason why we should help the Juggernaut <laughs> and Rogue's on the camera and she doesn't even say anything she just holds up her hands and, and like motions away. to peace like you know like when that way you're just it's like so funny. I'm not, this, just listen to this fucking crazy shit yeah you know it's a really fun shot so hard it was a really great animation and the most in character animation I have ever seen for rogue ever because just yeah, like you just see her this bullshit like walking off of the screen of the skype call and then beast yeah. just like comes forward like well i guess now <laughs> i have like, to rogue say refuse to answer she's like fuck no it's really beast really funny 
And so then Beast comes in and he just goes, he's also Professor Xavier's brother. And Logan is like, I don't fucking believe this. Yeah, I was going to say, Wolverine just screams, fuck this. And we're like, whoa, they're finally swearing on the show. Yeah, it's crazy. The F-bomb gets dropped. And then Cyclops Uh, immediately does the fucking Boy Scout thing he always does where he just turns around and is like, I'm going to do what Xavier says. And he goes, we're going to save the Juggernaut's sorry life. And don't bother telling me you don't like it. And Logan just goes, I don't like it. And the Wolverine goes, I know, it's so good. And Wolverine goes, if Xavier told you to suck his dick, would you? And Cyclops goes, yes. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, new scene. So now Uh, the new juggernaut is in a Jeep driving to a nearby town. We have to remember his name is Eugene. Okay, I called him the new juggernaut, but sure. Isn't he wearing like, oh no, he's not wearing the tuxedo yet. That's later. And he's he's just going. He's wearing like the juggernaut outfit, which I guess just automatically creates itself as soon as you become the juggernaut the like orange made the, metal yeah, the armor, armor and basically and the hat and he screams i he's like i'm big wow and these muscles i'm a hunk all the girls are gonna go nuts and i'm like yeah you're gay <laughs> yeah he's very gay i so, mean like 100 like as soon as somebody any all okay, the any girls dude, are gonna be no, so yeah i was gonna say like literally any dude who talks to me and just like immediately is like all the girls are so hot and i'm like mm, okay you like dick i got it yeah so Anyway, anyway, there's a really quick scene of Xavier and Beast talking about how the juggernaut is still dying. And then we go back to the nerd again and he's going into his shitty ass apartment and like sitting down on the couch and he takes off <laughs> this his This is like helmet, comical though. And he's like, this helmet's bigger than my last apartment. So we're like, okay, this guy's like a loser and doesn't have a real, I don't know. I don't know what his situation is. And then he's he like gets up and he tries to rip off. He tries to open the fridge door, but rips it off by accident. And then he like yep. tries to step on a cockroach on the floor and accidentally crashes through the floor so it's basically like comical but like he doesn't know how to control his new powers i know and like also what okay i have questions about this because he fell through his floor potentially into the apartment below him yeah is this just who's is nobody questioning this yeah like because the he next just time goes out clubbing him, two seconds later yeah like he's fine in the next scene so like i don't even know it's nobody just, questions anything he does in this episode and that's kind of weird to me but like I mean, whatever I guess that, it's that, like that stands up exist in the world and like sentinels were walking around not that long ago <laughs> it's again like, that's like they, okay yeah, it's, it's just like that guy, that person who wrote into us and said that if you watch the opening credits it's like the brotherhood of mutants running towards the X-Men and all the humans just running and screaming in terror between them. Yeah, it's because it's like the, the humans on now. this show. But I mean, it's actually more like in the latter day seasons that we've observed where the humans just don't give a fuck anymore. Like in the first season, they're like still really yeah, scared of it's everything. Actually, okay, but... that's actually a really interesting point because it's gotten to that point with the humans. And so like literally in the last episode, there were aliens and people were just like, fine with that yeah and it's it's interesting because this whole it's like reality concept of the x-men <laughs> is like a, a concept about people that are hated for being different but in this in this universe they're just they've gotten over it already i mean which is, i don't think it's that i mean this isn't the politics section of the show but i actually do think it's similar to our own reality where eventually so much crazy shit is happening that you, you actually cannot register how crazy it is yeah, anymore like, i mean that that's literally the current situation care. we are in politically exactly. right now so like let's say the x-men do exist yeah that would be fucking crazy for like the first year or two but then aliens right. land and at that point you're like yeah i don't fucking care anymore like this would happen <laughs> This, you know? this seems on brand at this point. Like that's basically our reality. So whatever. Anyway, back to Beast and Xavier. Oh my God, get ready for all. Okay, this is where Xavier starts being a piece of shit. Yep. Like twenty so times Beast over. Beast has this suggestion about how probing Kane's mind might reveal a way to help him, which is like 
fine okay and so xavier and then, but is like, like literally can't like do not do that yeah so xavier immediately starts probing his mind and kane screams never but of course xavier does it anyway. goes in anyway he's like he's you know professor xavier who says i never enter a person's mind without there's their permission. literally no reason for him to do any it's, of this you know what? it I mean, does right. not actually benefit anyone it hurts I know. It's, everyone. It's, it's, it hurts everyone, including him, and it's all about their PTSD of their, fi- but of it's their like, past. Because I feel like in other yeah. past episodes, they've done this where they've had Xavier break into somebody's mind, and then like they've justified it, which is still fucked up because they're still basically saying like this non-consensual thing that's happening is actually okay because Xavier got information out of it. But in this episode, he does it, and he actually doesn't get information that he even wanted to know, and like it just makes the situation worse in some ways. It makes it worse. For for him it yeah. doesn't even make it that it doesn't even make it worse for kane it makes it worse for xavier and I'm then xavier gets sure. mad at kane for like harboring yeah this I, mean, anger. Let, I guess let's just explain all of the things that he discovers i just thought that it was interesting that they like don't even really justify it in this episode which is part of why i was kind of I don't know. I thought it was an interesting framing. So anyway, here's a flashback to baby Charles Xavier riding on a horse saying to Kane, this is great. I've never had a brother to ride with before. And then Kane immediately pushes him off the horse and just goes, <laughs> it's actually we're pretty not great. brothers. We're stepbrothers. And I'm going to step on you every chance I get. And like puts his boot on Charles's chest. And Charles is like, why? I didn't do anything to you. And then their dad walks up, although technically it's Charles's stepdad, but that's not revealed yet. Um, And he goes, Kane, leave him alone. Charles, are you okay? And Charles is like, yeah, I'm okay. I think Kane was just trying to help me get down, even though like blatantly he just got pushed off. I don't know why Xavier is lying for him, honestly. I mean, that's kind of like what you do when you're getting bullied. I bought it. I was like, yeah, he doesn't want to cause trouble or whatever. And so sure, then the okay. stepdad is like, Charles, go up to the house and get ready for dinner. Kane and I need to have a talk alone. And then he like turns on Kane and like looks really pissed off and is like, you fool. I told you to be nice to the kid. If his mother dumps me, we'll be out all of that money. I have to get rid of you fast or you'll mess up my plans. And then in the present, Xavier says to himself, what plans? Even though it's like glaringly obvious already what the plans are. I know. It's like Xavier... Just think about what you would do in this situation because you're also a manipulative <laughs> asshole. Well, I mean, they've basically revealed everything we need to know. But anyway, we see another flashback because Charles is not fucking satisfied with what no, he's No, no, he's not. So he goes back into his mind again. Like, this isn't enough for him to, like, be like, oh, wow, Kane's father was abusive and also he married my mom for the money. Like, this flashback wasn't no, enough so for it's Charles. Like, he's like, let's, per- let's make like, us let's both relive. let's go deeper relive- into this. Let's see Yeah, let's, let's both relive Kane getting the shit beaten out of him. Yeah, just, basically. Just in case. So like he now it's Charles and Kane like having tea together or dinner or whatever. I don't know. That was like a bizarre situation. Yeah, they, they're drinking tea out of teacups, but I guess it's supposed to be dinner later that day. And so Kane is showing up late to dinner and he goes, sorry, I'm late. I was packing. And Charles goes, for what? And Kane is like, what's it to you? And then he like realizes he's supposed to be nice. And he's like, oh, boarding school. And Charles goes, <laughs> but you just got here. And Kane is like, Oh yeah, sorry about before. And Charles is like, "It's all right." And then the stepdad. Did you? You didn't. I don't think you said that. His uh, his dad said that he needed to get rid of Kane. Yeah, he did say. Yeah, I said that before, but he didn't say how. And it's revealed in this scene that apparently it was like boarding school. And so then the stepdad goes. You know, it's really. Oh wait. Okay, keep on going. Keep going. No, it's you. You, So the stepdad goes. He'll be back before you know it. 
And this way, there's less of a burden on your mother. And Charles is like, but isn't she getting well? And the stepdad laughs and like evil music plays. And he I goes, know, he's like, sure, it's like, isn't he? she's I getting know. better all the time. Dude, okay. Wait, this is really funny because it's like, <laughs> yes, she's getting better. Also, I don't, we don't know what happened because they don't have to actually say in this episode. Yeah. But like, and so Charles gets a vision in this moment. He gets one of his headaches and he goes, I see her. She's very ill. And the stepdad goes now now you're imagining things your mother is fine and then he like makes the maid take charles away and put him to bed but like this right. scene implies that the stepdad is like poisoning the mother until she dies like i think I don't... wait but i think that is what happens if i recall and, i mean like, it... yeah i tried to look up the actual comic story and i know that like the stepdad is like actually physically abusive to kane whereas in this episode they basically just imply that and they don't right. show you charles's mother or like tell you all the story of that but I feel like the implication is there and like you can kind of fill in the yeah, blanks. And I think if when you're listening to this episode and listening along with us, you need to remember that the juggernaut is somebody who was abused by as a child. Yeah, so his anger is stemming from that. How you see him as a character in an interesting yes. way. Because yeah, yeah, like yeah. there's this very real thing that happens where like if you're abused as a kid, you just you lash kind of out and abuse the person that's like closest to you. It doesn't always yes. happen. That's not always why people but become that is, abusive. But that but it is can something that can happen. happen. And like that's basically what this episode is presenting, where like Kane is being abused and he abuses Charles, and it's still like horrific and it's not like Charles deserves this. But also, like, it's kind of weird that Charles has never figured any of this out I until know. right now. It is weird because it's like you think of Charles Xavier as being somebody a that likes to probe people's person. minds regularly. Yeah. yeah. And he's yet, not that perspective anyway so back to the present Kane says my father sent me away because of you and Xavier goes but that's not true and like it kind of is it kind of it's, it, we kind of just saw a scene where it is the juggernaut's dad just goes I'm sending you away because to so you stop Charles bullying Xavier, Xavier. Like, yeah <laughs> and Xavier's like no and it's like dude this was Kane's life like this was I mean, actually you, his experience Xavier could take this moment to just be say something Along the lines of being like, no, it's it's true that he sent you away because of me, but not because I wanted you right, to get yeah, sent away. Exactly, but you he know? never says anything like Xavier that. Xavier instead is like, that's not true. I'm perfect. You're a bully. It's, you know, it's like he doesn't get to the next level, which is sort of interesting. So anyway, back to the flashback. Kane in the past is like, how long do I have to stay at this dumb school? And his dad is like, until you learn to be nice to that sickly little geek Xavier. And then he like raises his fist to him, but they don't show him hitting him. But I feel like there's no, because they an implication show. here that like there's a physical abuse thing happening. And then the right. dad goes, his mother isn't going to be around much longer. If you cause trouble, you could blow the whole deal. And then Xavier in the present is just going, it isn't true. And then he like gets out of Kane's mind and like hovers over to the window. He floats over to the the window window. and just stares out into the rain dramatically. And Beast goes, what did you learn? And Xavier goes, more than I bargained for. My stepfather married my mother for her wealth. She loved him. He never cared for her or me. Okay, but so what happened to him, though, is my question. I mean, I guess nothing. Because Xavier just inherited all the money. Yeah, basically. Like, he basically just stuck it out. I mean, he built this crazy fucking mansion, this clue house. I mean, I looked it up, and I think think his stepfather dies in a fire, I want to say. I looked up what happened. Oh, in the actual canon? Yeah, 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 but in this episode, we just don't. In this episode, they don't explain it. We don't know what happens. Yeah. We just, we can presume that. He, it didn't work out because Xavier has the clue house for the X-Men. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. you know, I don't know. I just, 
I mean, I guess we can talk about it more later, but I just found this okay, so also, fucking ridiculous. Okay, also, I have ridiculous. a question. Okay. So, in this episode, in these flashbacks that they're running around with, you know, when they're having dinner, when they're horseback riding, doing all that shit, is that the X-Mansion before it's the X-Mansion? Is Good that question. Was, I mean, I know I mean, we've it's asked still on this a giant show, math mansion, like, you know? where does Xavier get the money? And I think in the movies, isn't the mansion the same mansion in the movies, too? Or no. Yeah. It but is, also right? we never we never even meet his parents in the movies. Well, but I know, the movies but aren't it doesn't that, matter. As soon as fucking the movies were like Charles Xavier Mystique are siblings, that's like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. I mean it's <laughs> already like, crazy. Wait, these two characters who hardly interact in the comic books. I mean no. I don't think it <laughs> super matters if it's the same mansion. I mean, that's kind of fun if it is, but it's also just like I appreciated the show was specifically explaining how Xavier got his money. Although it doesn't really like why was his mom rich? I guess it's just like Xavier's a little rich well, boy. You know, and it, that explains it why be... he's so fucking prissy and like stuck I mean... up. <laughs> <laughs> like I guess it explains his character. Yeah, perfect. More. It explains everything as him. Uh, I can't even speak. Alright, let's move on. So, so then back wait, to wait, the wait, nerd. Wait, hold on. This um, is where the okay, nerd... so the geek, yeah, Eugene's stomp, he's wearing the like white tux yeah, and he's, he's stomping around the city. Now and he's just going to a fucking nightclub and he goes up to this nightclub, which is like a 70s themed like It's disco definitely a club. gay club. Again, I am convinced that it's Eugene really is gay. It's really not a gay club, except that there are... It, it would be a gay club if it were to happen now. Like there'd be no seventies themed clubs, disco clubs that aren't gay clubs in, in this uh, day and age. Yeah, but in I the nineties, even... I guess it was like the disco revival, Austin Powers, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, right. there are heterosexual couples standing outside this club for some reason. And, and there's so, a girl who's there's just a girl like... wearing a red dress. Remember that. Cause she'll come back later for some reason. And then, yeah. and she's standing with a guy wearing a skin tight purple t-shirt, but he's definitely not gay. And the nobody's gay in this episode. Eugene walks up to her and he goes, what's a nice girl doing like you doing with a face like this when you could be with me. And he like picks up her date and throws him onto the ground. And yeah, the girl the just date, goes dude's like, who the fuck is yeah, this? <laughs> and the girl just goes, get a grip freak and walks away. And the yep, nerd, and Eugene's like, I don't understand stand i hit her boyfriend and i should be the one that she wants now which is kind of which is kind of a weird telling situation of like those uh old movies not old movies but a trope like in movies, movies and, and 90s yeah where the nerd's always nerd the one fantasies. that's getting bullied so the way that he perceives hitting on a girl is by hitting another boy right you know and i mean it's kind of interesting that it doesn't work and i think the episode is like maybe trying to say something when it comes to that but like doesn't right. really well anyway don't saying. worry wolverine and cyclops show up going to the gay club i mean to catch juggernaut mm-hmm. uh and meanwhile and they, the juggernaut the new juggernaut rips the entire wall off of the nightclub like just for which fun somehow structurally it's still okay yeah and so logan just goes want some pointers like with women and then pops his claws and cyclops I thought, goes i thought he meant with men but that was the way yeah, I he read did the mean with men and so then cyclops goes women like guys to be themselves we can help you get back that way which i thought was a pretty clever line too yeah, I like that. And the too. nerd goes, never. And then he throws Logan and Cyclops into the nightclub, into a table. Right. And then he starts disco dancing, like in the middle of the floor. I know. After he just got attacked by these two people in superhero costumes, he just ignores yeah. them. I mean, it's like a silly situation. And so Cyclops just goes, Looks like we're going to have to do this the hard way. And Logan goes, Now you're talking. And like throws himself onto <laughs> the juggernaut and then gets immediately thrown back onto the table. And Cyclops goes, you don't need to make it that hard, which, is, <laughs> which made really me laugh funny. really hard. Yeah, me too. 
And so then Cyclops shoots just like one beam at the nerd and the ruby immediately falls out of his pocket because Cyclops has like <laughs> this the fucking best ruby is so ever. easy to get. Yeah. And so Logan grabs it and then they run away and hop into the X jet immediately and fly off. And the nerd tries to leap up onto the jet and instead crashes into the film set for Power Rangers. Rangers. Which is great. And it's like da 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 da. And it's like they're all standing there, there and there's like some dinosaurs mm-hmm. and the Power Rangers. And the, the, the Eugene just gets up and runs through another wall at the studio in which all the Power Rangers and like dinosaurs run him? out and follow him. And they chase him down the street. And I was like, what? What is this? I laughed really hard, though, because you can find that clip online. It's, it's pretty, pretty funny. I mean, it's it's basically like the lighthearted counterpart to the rest of the really heavy shit that's happening in this episode. I think, and I think at the time, Sabin, I, I don't know if that's what the deal is now, but at the time, Sabin, I think, owned yeah, this Yeah, I property, think they did, because so. I remember you linking me to that before we watched the episode. And I was expecting right. the Power Rangers to like play a bigger role, and I was sort of Me too, it. but it's unfortunate. It would have been great to have an X-Men Power Rangers team up I here, mean, but it was a nice little know. light cam. I was like, this is going to be really stupid if it's a filler episode with the Juggernaut and the Power Rangers. Like, that <laughs> sounds like my worst fucking nightmare. But luckily, it, it was, was just it's like pretty one great. one-off joke and the rest of the episode was actually It would have been a great really fan fun. fiction, Maddie. I don't know what you're talking about. You're right. I'm going to write it after this. So Good. anyway, uh, back to Cyclops Xavier's mansion. Yeah, and Cyclops is like, we have the ruby. Don't even worry about it. And Beast is like, not a moment too soon. <laughs> and Xavier's like, well, hold on. I need to go get more information oh, for Kate. Oh, so fucking <laughs> God. He's like, he can't be satisfied with the fact that they're already on their way he back with his mind the two, Ruby. No, he like, invaded his mind like two or three times already directly after each other and then got all melodramatic about it. And now he's all like, oh, I have to get more information. But like, so he does, goes, he, wait, does he? Does he though? On. Anyway. No, he doesn't. Xavier just goes back into his mind. And now they're, they're horseback riding, right? Yeah, they're playing Again. polo. They're horseback riding. They're holding these little... Uh, mallet thing so I think they're supposed to be playing polo uh, yeah. which is basically like field hockey on a horse and so then <laughs> Charles just goes why didn't you ever visit us and Kane goes I had better things to do and then like over the course of the conversation between young Kane and young Charles Charles gets a vision of Kane thinking to himself father won't let me come home he likes Charles better than me and then young and then Charles Xavier responds he's is like, like Kane father doesn't like me more than you and Kane freaks out and he's like how you know what I was thinking? You read my mind. Because, okay, I, I love this like inception of Xavier invading Kane's mind without his permission, like, of him invading yeah. Kane's mind without his permission. I was like, oh my god, and Xavier. So then Kane calls him a mutie. And like, okay, yeah, so he's bigoted against mutants. Like that part is bad. And then Charles okay, is like, yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Don't tell anyone. And then Kane just screams at him and runs away. And so like yeah. present then, day but, Charles tries to justify oh, this, is, this. This is incredible. Crazy, yeah, where Xavier's so like, like Kane, I he's was like, too I young. didn't mean to invade your mind, Kane. It was an accident. Can you forgive me? And Dragonite's like, forgive you? You're still messing around in where you don't belong. You're literally in my head right now. Like, <laughs> it's amazing. And it's like, a, you can't help but feel for Kane in that moment. I was going to say, I'm like, yeah, you're right, Kane. He's because being a piece of shit. Even though Kane bullied Charles for his entire fucking life, you kind of get why. Like, based <laughs> on everything we've been shown. It's like, Jesus Oh, my Christ. God. So then Xavier, after that, he, he quickly decides that he has to go back into Kane's mind again. Yeah. And so Kane admittedly is like I made sure everyone hated you and then he randomly says even Sandra and there's like this random shot of a woman 
running away. And both and Maddie like, and are like, who the fuck is, is Sandra? Sandra? Who's Jandra and who who's the fuck Sandra? is Sandra? I don't know who the fuck either of them are, but they never <laughs> matter again. And so then Kane is pushing Charles into the dirt in front of a bunch of kids. And then Xavier looks sad again. And Beast just goes, what happened? And Xavier goes, I thought I was over all of this, but I was so young and it hurts so much. And it's like, I know. dude, and then he just you're leaves. the one who did and, you know, this. I, I was, that's what I said too. I'm on Kane's side here because Xavier just kept on pulling this information out of out of Kane. Yeah. And he, he was like, eventually, once when Charles Xavier gave both Kane and himself PTSD, he yeah. finally leaves. It's like, and why which, did any of this even fucking happen? I don't happen? know. But then, then there's this whole crazy scene where Xavier goes to stare at a, a koi, koi pond that, he's, that suddenly has been built at the Xavier Institute I mean, and he's staring I, he's, into he's, melodramatically. He built it himself so that he could stare into something when he's feeling yeah, sad he'll, about he's how all he melancholy. made a mistake. He's got to like feel his, his feelings, you know? Okay. So Storm and he's reflecting on himself and his him. reflections. Yeah, and Storm's like, Professor. And, Xavier and Xavier's goes, all like, do not ask me to forgive my brother kane is nothing but a sadistic bully he deserves and I was like, no, no that is you asshole it's like crazy that after you know what? this scenario I was, xavier I think we both started screaming right here we're just like no xavier you are the bully in this situation okay like kane if anything this entire experience should reveal that kane is more than a sadistic bully like that's exactly who he isn't he, he, no but xavier is now telling he first of all xavier went into his mind didn't tell anybody what he what he saw, and then all he said was, "Kane's an abusive bully." Yeah, and it's like, dude, no, Kane was being abused for literally his entire fucking life. You didn't know about it. You also hurt him. I mean, maybe it was an accident. <laughs> you're still but like, doing you're, it right now. It was an accident the first time, but then you continued to do it like six hundred <laughs> more times. And also, like, are we really surprised that Kane hates mutants given this and history? You specifically, and, like, Xavier hasn't really done any thing to try to repair like this he's never reached out to be like hey i'm them. sorry about what's happened in the also, past like, but he could have apologized for doing that without invading kane's mind but like hadn't ever previously done so that we know of <laughs> he, you know well i don't, I don't know he just thinks know. that he can't so then uh, storm just goes in response to him saying he won't forgive kane storm goes i would not i ask only that you should understand him you have taught us not to let the past control our hearts. And like, she's fucking right. Like, I know Xavier I doesn't that. understand Kane and he's basically choosing not to. It's also, it's also great because it's a good moment that storm gets to be storm in her personality, like her correct personality. Yeah, And like, I agree with her. Like, it's fine if Xavier doesn't want to forgive him, but he actually isn't even trying to understand Kane's trauma or like life at all or no, like instead he's just trying he's doing the fucking Xavier thing where he keeps on making the person with the trauma re-experience the trauma but in this case unlike Magneto <laughs> he just makes Kane re-experience it six times in a row yeah it's crazy and so then Xavier is like tell Beast I'll be with him shortly and thank you so like at least he thanks Storm but also he's a dumbass that's the first so time whatever. we've heard him say thank you maybe ever, ever and he says series. it like as an afterthought like he's like yeah. oh by the way after thanks. Storm's already <laughs> walked away he's like also thank you like he's thanking the koi pond anyway oh my god so, back- so they cut cut to xavier with the ruby and he decides that he has to quickly invade juggernaut's mind again again of course and so he goes brother <laughs> we must talk i will meet you in our mind and then he like creates an astral plane where like they're both standing there and xavier goes the x-men have brought back the ruby of sidorak to bring you back your powers to save your life and kane goes and what's in it for you and charles just goes the satisfaction of no 
knowing has saved your life and Kane goes, Whatever, Xavier. that changes nothing. I'll always be your living nightmare. And Xavier's like, that's my burden to bear. And oh, fuck you, Xavier. Kane grabs him and goes, I don't care. Can't you get that through your thick skull? And Xavier goes, perhaps one day you will. Like, perhaps one day you'll care, I guess. And then Xavier disappears from his mind. And Juggernaut has the ruby, like, in the astral plane, I guess, and just yeah, recites the I, chant I don't, I, to make I think, himself you know the what, Juggernaut I don't, again. I don't know how any of that works, but he chants and he gets his powers back, and the energy shoots out of Eugene, who's dancing at the club, and it busts through the ceiling of that club, and then goes and busts through another ceiling of the Xavier Mantra and goes back into Juggernaut. Yep. Uh and Eugene was lifting two tables with a bunch of people on them, being yeah. like, look how strong I am. And then suddenly he Everyone just collapses. Everyone fell and the entire building Everyone collapsed. Everyone just dies, yeah. you know. And so, like, also now the suit that he is wearing is super baggy and, like, the club is covered in rubble. And then he sees the girl in the red dress from the beginning and he's like, are you okay? And she f- sees him and immediately flings her arms around him and goes thank you and then he <laughs> faints because it's supposed to be like oh she really wanted to be with this random nerd like i know I, I i also want to throw out there that all this crazy shit was happening with uh this dude who clearly had superpowers and could be potentially a mutant and mutants did show up and, and nobody batted an eye at this because in this club there it must have been that's why i think it's a gay club or a mutant friendly club because why else would nobody react to any of this? I mean, maybe except it was. being like, "Thank you so much." <laughs> I mean, does she realize that he's the same guy? I mean, yeah, uh, I hope so. I don't think she does. I think it's supposed oh, to be like, "Oh, that's a good like, point." Maybe, oh, she, maybe she just doesn't recognize him. him because now she thinks this nerdy guy has saved her from this other muscular guy and i was like what are we supposed to take from this like nothing we never see them again I don't so know. moving anyway, on uh, juggernaut, back, is screaming juggernaut screams he screams for like 20 minutes uh-huh. as he gets his powers back and then xavier go- he wakes up and xavier's like well he and literally juggernaut- just says well and pauses which is actually really funny waits and <laughs> juggernaut's like nobody is ever going to mess with my powers again so he throws his rubies up and he throws the Sidorak ruby into space yeah, he just does it, that it just which again thrown into no orbit. anybody anybody in the universe can have it dumbass all right whatever so fucking stupid like initially he's like i'll bury it deep underground and then he's like why didn't that work okay why didn't he just throw it really high up in the air it's like dude. why not just keep it underneath your armor dude i don't know anyway it's really funny so that's what he does and then logan goes make your move tough guy and kane goes another time short stuff when I'm in the mood which is extremely gay and then he walks it away. is extremely gay and then Rogue sees him walking away and she goes I see it and I don't believe it and Cyclops uh, goes, yeah I know me too Rogue Cyclops goes do we follow and Xavier goes no Scott he chose not to continue his attack I believe that is his way of saying thank you and I was which is like it's like um Xavier you. maybe you should stop him because he's just gonna go rob some bank now I don't and know. kill a bunch I of people I don't it. know I was honestly like but I know it's really funny go. it's like the, it's funny it's like he left and it's like clearly the juggernaut's up to no good but all the X-Men are hoping Xavier doesn't send them after him yeah, because, because they're they like don't we don't even want to deal with this shit anymore and it's just get him like out of here also drama. the mansion's completely destroyed because yeah. like energy flew all over the place and then the juggernaut they're gonna have jumped to call on call it Colossus again just to fucking fix it <laughs> like yeah, I don't they, know Colossus it's, has to fix it constantly he's the only one who can I also, predict that the juggernaut doesn't come back again after this I bet this is so final that I feel like this has got to be the last episode that he's I, in no right? I think he does come back really? at least one more wow, time wow that's Maybe. surprising because but I, I feel I might like be this is the closest that. that we can get to the Charles and Kane sort of putting their rivalry to bed, which they arguably don't do, which I guess no, brings don't. us to the politics section. 
there's a lot of stuff going on, actually. Yeah. I mean, there's the first of all, there's the big obvious one where there was a child who was abused as a kid and then became sort of the bully himself because his father was abusing him. And yeah. that was something that we kind of touched on for a hot second where he said that is a reaction that can happen psychologically is that if you are abused as a child, you become incredibly abusive yourself or you abuse the person that's closest to you and the person that you love the most, you know? Yeah. Or like your whoever's closest in this case was Charles. And I mean, I, I feel like in that sense, I'm kind of sympathetic to Charles's situation because it's not like he knew why any of that was happening. And so from his perspective, he was just like, Cain abused me anyway. And then now he hates me because I'm a mutant. So like, that's his perspective, but his reaction right. to finding out all this information finally is like, really immature and shitty like he should be finding out this information and being like wow my stepfather was abusive and is the actual enemy in this situation and the person who is manipulating all of us into doing what he yeah. wanted us to do and because he's an that's asshole. the villain that i should be like pointing my aggression towards but xavier never comes to that as a character but he doesn't that's not, at least not that in is this unsurprising. episode he still I don't think is xavier is somebody who actually learns any like life advice it's weird though because it's like this is a kids show that it has relatively simplistic morally but like for whatever reason this episode just like doesn't get there with xavier which i don't know if that's just like a flaw of the show or like i don't think it's a flaw of the show i think uh, i'm gonna go ahead and actually put it in their court and say since everybody is so on point and in character this that it actually makes sense for xavier not to get to that point because xavier is incapable of learning how to be. That's true. Uh, and they do give Storm I, 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 the final word in that A civil human being, a good human being. I don't know. Xavier just kind of does whatever the fuck Xavier wants to do. Yeah, and it is true that like every single other X-Men that you do like and relate to is pushing back against Xavier in each yeah, of these I, scenes. I think that's something to point out and be, even when Juggernaut's well, they never find out that Juggernaut was abused as a kid because Xavier doesn't share that information. <laughs> which is kind of a shitty thing to do. It is, I mean, like, if you're going to find that information out, I mean, it's also, like, non-consensually determined. So it's like, should Xavier even share? Oh, really? well, I mean, there's and... another politic there, too, where, okay, oh, so yeah. imagine I if you were somebody who had a yeah. superpower and you just, this whole thing that they always do where Xavier's all like, you can't use your superpowers without their consent, especially entering their minds. And Xavier does it all the time. And this is like one of those situations where Xavier, imagine if it was not a mutant, if it was... Uh, just any person. Yeah. Like, like imagine if, if it was me or an abuse. This okay. is like an abusive relationship thing where somebody like starts hacking your email or going through your stuff without telling you and basically like monitoring yeah. your life. Like that's like a classic thing. <laughs> and like, it's really bad if somebody's doing that to you and it like makes you feel crazy. Like that's basically the science fiction equivalent of what Xavier does. Right. To and also there's also like the, the situation here where it says family can sometimes be toxic because I think, which is something that you don't normally see on a kid's show, at least not then. Yeah. It's more common now, but it, there was definitely a period of time where family is, you know, it's like fucking Lilo and Stitch. It's like, Ohana, Ohana means family. <laughs> Nobody gets left so behind. Many movies, guys. I just watched all the Lilo <laughs> Stitch movies in like one go. And it's, it's a good relation to the make though, because that's kind of like the Disney feeling you get, even though Disney families are all dead 90% of the time. But usually, well, there's either like evil family members or good ones. But this is a example of a broken family and of a family that it's kind of okay not to talk to them because they're not good for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Juggernauts have got the right idea here to avoid Xavier 90% of the time. That's kind of why I wish this was his final episode because I feel like 
for Juggernaut, it's like, this is also an abusive relationship from his end. Like, he's obsessed with Charles and that's unhealthy. And so, like, maybe this is when he finally fucking leaves and is like, I need to get away from this. Like, that's a good ending. Yeah, he's going to go back to sucking black Tom Cassidy's dick. Yeah, he's so. got to go hang out with Tom, his new boyfriend, Tom. Like, he's got <laughs> other shit to do. You've seen his wand, right? He, he doesn't need to hang out with fucking Xavier and, like, hyper focus on the past. Like, that is bad that, like, he comes into all these interactions with Charles being like, obsessed with Charles obsessed with destroying Charles and like his arc in this episode is that he actually moves on and, and isn't doing that anymore at the end Charles learns I mean, like, fucking nothing I, at all I know and I think okay so I think that is a thing to point out though is that Charles didn't learn anything at all but a juggernaut did so somebody did learn something yeah and again shows you like the shades of Charles Xavier just not being a good person you know yeah at least on this I, show yeah <laughs> and I was gonna well I was gonna say I mean yeah it's canon that Charles is kind of a piece of shit and I, I I actually applaud this show for keeping it so that like the X-Men's leader is not, is somebody who is like so incredibly morally gray that all the villains that they encounter are people that they end up sympathizing with because yeah. it turns out that Xavier's message that he's giving is not even a good one. It is you know? really interesting. I mean, I definitely wasn't expecting to sympathize with the juggernaut, especially since that's he's how I felt presented too. I, was, I, as, like, I definitely messaged you character. afterwards feeling the same way. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I thought that the episode ended up being unexpectedly interesting and like heavy in ways I didn't expect. I didn't really care that much about the B plot with the nerdy guy at all. I didn't think it was that deep or like, no, but, I, I, but the thing, the B plot with the nerdy guy is also an important politics to touch up on because the only reason why this nerdy guy did this is because he was somebody who has bullied himself and i think we're supposed to draw parallels between yeah Kane i guess and that's true eugene because they're both people who clearly oh, like are put people upon who are in bullied. life yeah yeah and like there's this whole physical appearance thing going on and it's like well if it's i like become strong and big like the bullies like, are then people girls. will like me it yeah doesn't i know white land i feel like there was maybe like another pass they could have done that would have made that work a little better but probably but i think they needed to make enough time for xavier to invade kane's mind like, like 60 times, times? Like, <laughs> Jesus. yeah i mean i Which still i still largely really liked the episode like i thought it me worked too. surprisingly well for a filler episode and like I don't know. I just was entertained by it. I laughed at the jokes and also was like kind of surprised that I sympathize with the fucking juggernaut of all characters. All characters. A character we do not enjoy. But no, you know, but now I, you know what? He's my fucking favorite everything. and I hope that he and Tom Cassidy are happy together and I'm just Me really too. Mad. I mean, we can only wish for the best for them. Also, <laughs> I do really enjoy that the X-Men push back in this episode because I like this idea of um, a political, like we're going to do some, some psychology and politics here, but when you are dealing with somebody who's like in a toxic relationship and everyone is around you being like, no, please get away from this person because they are bad for you. Mm -hmm. In this case, the X-Men are advocating for Xavier to not talk to Juggernaut, yeah. even though we're on the Juggernaut side in this. But like and from the X-Men's perspective, they're like, this guy is bad for you. Get the fuck away from him. I mean, they're kind of bad for each other. I sort of agree yeah. with that. Like, it's like, it's a toxic situation from both sides. And if they yeah, can't th grow up enough to realize that they were pitted against each other intentionally by their father right. or stepfather, like... If they can't get to that point and be friends, then they need to just get away from each other. And so I like, agree. I don't know. At least that anyway, part I, I get. I do like the X-Men are pushing back there. Yeah, it's, it's cool. Like, it's just, because it's a thing that does happen in real life. And, you know, for for me, I was in an abusive relationship like a full decade ago. And all I can remember, and I talked about this when I did that panel at Aresia, yeah. uh, is that like all your friends are there truly trying to get you out and you're just not hearing it and that's pretty much what xavier is doing in, the, in this episode you know he's yeah. just like no 
we have to save him because I I have something that is I mean in that his is case, important to me emotionally. You know, I can't just leave him to dead. You know. Yeah, I mean, in his so. case, it's also like the other thing that you said about how if a family member is abusive, it's particularly hard. I think because it's really hard to let go of a family member because I mean any number of reasons. In Xavier's case, he's literally like I can't not help him because he's my brother. No, of course, and I think, I think way this of is helping probably, is fucking stupid because it's no, it is really stupid. But I think this is also why Rogue in this episode in particular is so mad about it because Rogue has been like tossed around by two families before that both really fucked her up and she landed with the X-Men. So when Xavier is doing this bullshit, she's like, I'm not fucking standing for this because I know what it's like and it's shitty. Get, no, I'm not yeah. doing this. And when Xavier's like, well, I have to do it. She's fucking pissed off. And like, that's why she doesn't even say anything to, uh, later when Scott's like, what's going on? Rogue's because like, no, it's fuck like, this, I'm out. literally what can you say? Like, she's just, yeah. deci- I mean, if you want to be part of the X-Men, you unfortunately have to do what fucking Xavier wants, which, uh, whatever. But I know, and are, when Xavier finally dies, you kind of have to deal with what Cyclops wants. Well, that's not true. For no. a while, there was the, storm. There, there was a good decade. Storm only. <laughs> uh, I wish it was Storm. Okay, so yeah, there's been periods of time where Xavier hasn't been around and Storm has led the X-Men and that's been fantastic fantastic and the only other time that i've like super agreed with the leader of the x-men is when emma was doing it mm-hmm. so clearly women just need to run the x oh no kitty pride i love yeah kitty as so leader again of the X-Men. women need to run the x-men yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they Speaking know what they're doing which, do we have a who's that x-men this week or did you not do one no we do it we do okay because i don't cool. want to skip two in a row all right who's that x-men it's Juggy! Wait, have we not done him yet? No, we didn't. We did Colossus last oh, time I was here. Oh, okay. Let's do Juggernaut. I thought we already did yeah. him, but this is a good episode and I, to I, do I kept on. it short because he's a character that appeared a lot in the 80s as, and even in the 90s as just a show, character would show up and be a villain for like a comic of both the X-Men and the Avengers or the Fantastic Four. He just was in everything. And I'm just not going to read all that because who fucking cares? It's, it, I don't really care about the Juggernaut, but he's a character that people really do enjoy, and he makes it into every fucking video game because I guess developers really enjoy exi- uh, Juggernaut as a character. So who knows? You know, I don't know. Uh, but his first appearance was in X Men number two. His real name is Kane Marco. His powers come from the the crystal or the ruby of Sidorak, which gives him superior strength, durability, invulnerability, and <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I couldn't. Stop. <laughs> All right, so, and he has unstoppable momentum, so when he runs, he's just uh, a force not to be dealt with. Uh, And he's also immune to mental attacks when he has his helmet on, because apparently he's Magneto. Um, (laughs) Why not? So, Kane, I know, right? Sometimes you gotta, you just gotta protect yourself from Xavier, you know? I mean, I like this idea that both Magneto, I didn't even think about this until later, but you know how... um, You know how people who've been abused by Xavier start to wear (laughs) a fucking helmet? helmet? Yeah. No, I was was thinking about X-Men 3 and how, for some reason, Juggernaut was also wearing a Magneto helmet, and even though they're not referenced to being brothers in the film, I like the idea that Juggernaut also has a Magneto helmet to get away from Charles. I mean, that's basically why, but yeah. I know, pretty much. Uh, so Kane is the son of Kurt Marco, who becomes Xavier's stepfather when he marries Sharon Xavier, and after the death of, which is after the death of Sharon's husband Brian. So Sharon was married once before. Mm-hmm. Then this Had other Charles. guy comes in, Kurt. Yeah, right. Uh, so Kurt favors Xavier and beats the shit out of Kane pretty regularly in the comics, and that actually is illustrated. So you can go back and find that if you really want to. Um, I don't know why you would, but you know, hey, it's just want to read you know. some dark comics you can yeah pretty much uh and can resents charles for this and bullies him and then 
there's a period of time where both Kane and Xavier serve in the U.S. Army and they're stationed in Korea. Uh, while they are there, that's when Ken finds the hidden temple that is dedicated to the Sidorak, and he finds the huge ru ruby and recites the stone that gives him the Juggernaut powers. As far as I know, he doesn't leave it in the ground, but I could be <laughs> wrong about that. Uh, the transformation causes a cave-in on him, and he is presumed dead because he was in there when it happened right and so xavier left thinking he was dead and like much later in life he shows up to the x mansion and attacks xavier and xavier's like oh shit kane's alive and also is huge yeah uh during this attack xavier calls the help of the fantastic four to help them and the human torch somehow distracts juggernaut with a hypnotizing pulse flame because that was the kind of shit that was happening <laughs> in like the 70s yeah i was gonna say that sounds exactly like some 70s comics bullshit. yeah pretty much uh and then, you know, Archangel flies in and removes Kane's helmet and Xavier sure, uses the, the moment the moment to attack him psychically and give him a PS PTSD. Okay, uh, great. Juggernaut seeks revenge, but he is stopped by Gene and Scott and Doctor Strange. This is later, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, and during that time, Juggernaut is banished to the realm of the Crimson Cros Cosmos, which I just assume has something to do with the Sidorak, but it may not actually yeah you know i just it, 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 there's it like, sounds like it would. and I mean, ruby rubies, are too similar yeah <laughs> yeah well juggernaut is there he gets some mystical powers for a little while and then he comes back and juggernaut just banishes him to another dimension again mm -hmm. uh easy resolve throwing him to another world uh juggernaut then reappears on earth uh, a bunch of times and that's when he's just kind of like fighting all the different avengers and the x-men and then eventually he starts to date black tom Has cassidy which <laughs> I mean, canon. may as well be canon. Yeah. I mean, like, I assume they're dating because, for example, when Tom falls off of Cassidy Keep, Juggernaut, like, jumps into the sea to save him. So Cute. You don't just do that for your friends. I mean, uh, you might. You you don't plan on saving your friends' lives, Ryan, if you see Maddie, them if you fall into, into the, the water, I would throw you a lifesaver because I really can't swim all that well. Yeah, so. that's a fair point. Yeah. <laughs> no offense. That's just like, I can't swim. I can swim okay, but definitely I still can, throw, I, me, I probably, throw me I, the I lifesaver. I, would, I don't know. Maybe I would leap on. Uh, you like, probably leap would. In after you. But I don't for, know but what I would Wolverine, do. But for Wolverine, you would leap off. Except you would. I don't think I would do it for him either. Also, like, I just don't want to jump into the ocean where I could potentially die. Yeah, I don't know. No, and that sounds like really selfish to say, to but I know it. that, like, like I, I swim all the time and I love to swim, but like I have this is an anxiety of mine, like jumping uh, off a cliff. I mean, that's a pretty normal thing to be scared no, of. No, no, it's like the two. There's only a few things I'm like I have like fear of. One of them is like fear of heights, which everyone naturally has. Uh huh. Uh, and it doesn't stop me from getting up high. Yeah. But uh, the other is like the the idea of drowning. Yeah. That really freaks me out. And I think this is actually a PTSD thing because I barely remember this, but like I was when I was like a real little, like under the age of five, I was running around a pool and I fell into the deep end and nobody was outside. Oh. So my sister, Heather, who was outside, inside saw me and like ran outside and jumped into the pool to pull me out. And I just remember being at the bottom of the pool and looking up and like not being able to breathe. That's terrifying. So, so I think this is like, this is, if there was another situation, Maddie, where your life was in danger that wasn't about water, I don't. I think I'd be okay, but I don't know if I can come overcome that fear or if I would panic and be too late. You know what? You know? I forgive you. Anyway, this is like where do how do we get here? Back to the Juggernaut and Tom Cassidy. <laughs> okay, so uh, Juggernaut and the Black Tom try to steal a shipment of metal vibranium, and during that time, Juggernaut fights a bunch of Spider-Man characters. So like, then he's in the Spider-Man comics. Uh, and eventually Spider-Man tricks Juggernaut into setting concrete, which this doesn't make any sense. And Juggernaut just sinks in there and it takes him months to dig out, which also doesn't make any sense. And also Spider-Man was just okay with killing the Juggernaut. I don't know. I mean, apparently it didn't kill him. He just was like stuck in there for a while, which again, doesn't make any sense. But whatever. Yeah, I know. 
Uh, and then the Juggernaut is one of the villains assembled by Mephisto to, ba- to battle by Beyonder. And I think we talked about that recently in one of the other yeah. character spotlights. I, think it was a while I cannot back, remember. But yeah, who knows? Yeah, I can't remember who We're it was. We're getting a lot though. of overlap with these. People are learning yeah, a lot. Yeah, that's that sounds about right. Uh, and then the Juggernaut is a reoccurring boring villain for most of the '90s in Marvel Comics because he's. I don't know, until eventually he's imprisoned by the Gem of Sidorak, and then eventually escapes that, too. It's like, nobody knows what the fuck to do with him. He's just, like, a good villain to bring in to, like, break shit and then leave. Um, Then Juggernaut comes back in, like, the early 2000s, and Black Tom Cassidy has Kane join the X-Men and say that he wants to join the X-Men so he can destroy them from the inside out. Where Kane befriends a young mutant, Sammy Pear. He looks like a... A fish, and also during this time he fucks the She Hulk, which I think is weird, it and is I don't weird. know why that happened, and I don't think Jennifer Walters would bring her down to that level. Yeah, you that know? is really weird. Bad, bad writing. Uh, eventually, Sammy finds out about Black Tom and how he's going to attack, and so Black Tom kills Sammy, which causes Juggernaut to turn against Black Tom Cassidy. Uh, and then after that, Juggernaut joins New Excalibur for a little bit, where his powers begin to wane, uh, <clears throat> and then he turns against Xavier again, and his power is restored by the Sidorak because I guess you need to be evil in order to like have that power because that's like a He-Man trope right there. <laughs> uh, then later on, Juggernaut grows weak again and he joins Luke Cage's Thunderbolts team for a little while. This is like when Juggernaut was like a weird like anti-hero for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, bad, but not that bad. Yeah, and then something like crazy shit happens. Like one of, the, one, one of the seven hammers of Worthy like launches at Earth and Juggernaut picks it up and becomes like the Breaker of Stone and his transformation destroys the entire prison he's in and everyone escapes and like he goes to fight the X-Men and Magic strikes to deal with the Sidorak Ruby itself somehow to let her become the new host and take it away from him but it sends, goes over to Colossus uh, and then Juggernaut is defeated by the Wolverine. Don't ask how any of that makes sense because the Colossus becomes the Juggernaut for a good number of years. Um, Wait, yeah. how does Wolverine defeat the Juggernaut, though? He just does? I don't fucking remember. Okay, this cool. was when the comics were really, really, really bad. Got Do you it. remember that, like, that period it. of time that was from, like, 2006 to, like, yes. 2012? And it was, like, just... Like, there was some good stuff here and there, but, it, like, but then at it was that also point, like, was... now Logan suddenly has the ability to beat the Juggernaut. We don't know why. He just does. Uh, no, I, I, exactly. And it's kind of like that thing where it was because the MCU was existing yeah. and because the, the, and the rights Fox properties. And the Fox movies at the same time. Yeah, and, and so... they were like, you know, they didn't want people to support the X-Men and Fox because they wanted the X-Men and, and the Avengers, which... By the way, everyone, finally, the merger happened. It's done. Disney owns the X-Men. That happened this week. Yeah, Now we can happen. just talk about when they're going to be in the MCU. I mean, we already <laughs> talk about that every day of our lives but they, at the beginning of this show maddie and i kept on talking about would they ever merge and that happened so well, like yeah, that's like already... a moment in history of the mutant ages history except they were like gonna merge for like months so at this point it's like anticlimactic to me where i'm like right, yeah well, you know, okay it's, it's they climactic already merged to me. but like we've already been acting like they've been merged. i had a dream that wolverine was gonna be in the avengers all right you know i'm still getting off topic because this is how little i care about the juggernaut the juggernaut loses his powers and is released into military custody and the Thunderbolts return from time traveling and somehow Juggernaut trips and falls back into the Crimson Cosmos again. He becomes the Juggernaut again and so now he's just Juggernaut. And then Magic purges the Juggernaut powers from Colossus not even because Juggernaut got the powers back. Mm. The Sidorak causes the Crimson Gem to reappear in the ancient temple and emit a call to all new suitable candidates. So Kane has finally made peace with himself and his uh, gardener is no longer the Juggernaut at this point. I don't know. He goes back and forth between being the Juggernaut that I can't even follow. So he has the Vanisher bring him to the temple and he becomes so powerful, so much more powerful than he ever was the Juggernaut. And he screams and that 
that it was Xavier was the only one who ever believed in him. What? And it was like, I, I know, it's crazy. And now Xavier's dead, and Xavier was the <laughs> only person who cared for Juggernaut, and it's the X-Men's fault. So the, at the end of the Juggernaut goes to like, like kill all the X-Men. Okay, and, sure. And like, I don't even know. It eventually ends with Colossus knocking Juggernaut into the sea where he just gets up and walks away, basically. And Juggernaut reappears in a bunch of X-Men comics claiming that they killed his favorite brother, Xavier. This is the thing that went on for a while. It was even in the one of the more recent ones when the time displaced five original X-Men had to fight him and Juggernaut's like, you killed my brother. And I was like, Oh my God. I mean, I guess they had to have a reason for Juggernaut to still be hunting down the X-Men, even if Charles is dead. Juggernaut's a character that they clearly don't really care for enough to like write a consistent I mean, he's like uh, kind of a joke him. character in some ways. It's like hard to I have mean, a yeah, serious version of I mean, yeah, he literally has a meme on him where it's just him screaming, I'm the Juggernaut, bitch. Well, yeah. But eventually, Juggernaut gets sealed in the Cedarac realm, and hopefully forever, because ever, I'm sick of the Juggernaut. Great. Um, and that's the last that I think we saw of him. I might be wrong about that. Uh, the Juggernaut is in the X-Men The Last Stand, which is terrible. We talked about that. Yeah. But he's also in Deadpool 2, where he actually he does resemble hit the correct version of the Juggernaut. He's not and in references there much, him. but yeah, he is no, in there. And it is referenced in that that Xavier is, is his brother. So, yeah. you know. And I think he says something in there about how his helmet keeps Xavier out. I can't remember. I don't think he does. Um, but let's pretend he does, because be that sounds cool. All of all yeah. of that entire canon all is in Deadpool that was stupid. too. Okay. But so other, some other fun facts is that he was originally written to be in the original X-Men movie and the very, very, very earlier scripts. Uh, and he obviously didn't make it in. Right. He was also supposed to be in X-Men Days of Future Past. Uh, instead of Quicksilver freeing Magneto, there was going to be a scene where Xavier went back to his brother, uh, jar- the Juggernaut, and asked him to free Magneto. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead, they did the Quicksilver thing, and that was a cool scene. But even though that was really really confusing of Quicksilver and what, being, being in the MCU Ma- too. You mean I don't, that you know, I don't even know. And like being Magneto's son in that I and like know, also being like, also like roughly the same age son. as Magneto. I, I don't know. know. So that kind of sucks. Uh. And I think that was a dumb decision, even though I really love that scene with Quicksilver where he's running around to music. And it like is really awesome. With, I feel like yeah, it would have been that. fine as long as they just hadn't written themselves into this weird situation with, they could have still done that scene with the Juggernaut. I, I feel like, but instead of being like metal, I don't know. It would have been totally different and not as cool. And you know, it wouldn't it. Have. I know. And then, and then juggernaut's basically in every X-Men game, which I said, all right, yep. I'm done. Juggernaut. Yay. We never need to talk about you again. Hopefully. Bye juggernaut. I'm not the juggernaut bitch. All right. Anyway, um, <laughs> by the way, if you haven't seen that meme already, it was like when memes started all together. We talked like about it was on one the of the originals that it was referred to on that old Lalandra episode with the Juggernaut. Yeah. Anyway, just, uh, should we rate this episode? Yeah, I I think I'll give it like a three point five out of five X's. Yeah, that's because what it's I a was fun episode. Too. It's fun. Yeah, it's I a- would say definitely don't skip it if you're watching along with us. Uh, it's it's not a skip. It's fun. It's the first fun episode we've had in a little while, but it's not like groundbreaking art. No, it's just <laughs> funny. And it also gives some history to Charles Xavier and Juggernaut and also gives a little bit more depth to the both of them. Mm-hmm. It kind of gives you a sense of like, once again, how shitty is Xavier and how far is he willing to go past all boundaries, you know? Yeah. I mean, I thought that stuff was interesting. I don't know that it's interesting enough to merit a four because it's not, the episode that's, just that's, isn't that's quite where I was at deep too, enough like, for that. I, but yeah, yeah 3.5 is right. But it's definitely worth right. watching, for yeah, sure. I agree. So, who's gay? Yeah. The X-Men are a metaphor for a lot of things. But one of those things is being 
okay, Rogan well, Storm. Rogan Storm. There's, there's a, I was gonna say there's a few moments. There's Rogan Storm on their date, but there's also Cyclops and Wolverine on their date. It's so visiting true. Visiting Wolverine's ex. I do like that they have the characters like coupled up the way that we personally have decided they should be coupled up. I know. Like they've just I gone know. ahead and it's done so it. It's so good. It is nice. The show is agreeing with us now. Those are the characters that are dating. And also Gene is gone. So Cyclops and Scott are or Cyclops and Scott. Cyclops and Logan are totally dating. Yeah, because they, they were they were really nice to each other in this episode too, because remember like those moments where they're talking on the plane, and he's like, You're not they gonna were not like nice it. To each and other, Logan's Ryan. like, I don't they were like making it. Fun of and, uh, each other. Oh, all their banter in the gay club too. That was fucking great. It was fun. I mean, they're a fun team. I enjoyed them in this episode. I like it when they actually get like get along. And the only time they get along is when like Gene is not there. I know, you know. Which is kind of a fun problem where it's like when it's Gene kind of is there they immediately like, go back into like love think, triangle mode. I, I hate to say this Maddie because I love Gene. But, I know, you know I know. I'm I'm with I you man. I feel like she, she is the catalyst here on purpose because yeah, like, she's always like Oh, Scott, you're the one for me. And oh, she's like, but hey, Logan, Logan, I want to have sex with you, too. Yeah, but I just I mean, can't. Scott's waiting for me. And it's like, you didn't need to say any of that, Gene, I f- by the way. I feel like it works better when Gene dies. It just does. All of it does. It does. Anyway. It does. And then Cyclops can date Emma. And I do like that pairing. It so. is fun. But anyway, this is not about that. This is about no. how Logan and Scott are married. Are finally. Uh, and they get to go to a gay club. Also... I, I said it already, but I'm pretty sure Eugene is gay because he keeps on being like, ladies are so hot and they're going to want me when I'm big and muscular because big muscular men with ripped muscles and perfect chiseled <laughs> arms and perfectly chiseled abs. They're just so sexy that women want them. I'm like, okay, you're gay. <laughs> yeah. And also the juggernaut's a little bit gay. Just saying. Like oh, yeah. his little comment to Wolverine at the end is probably like, it's Well, just we already knew the juggernaut was gay because he's dating Black Tom Cassidy. Yeah, he's dating Tom. So like, you know what? I hope he just walks all the way back through the ocean and goes back and hangs out with Black Tom Cassidy again. I, I hope so too. Apparently like a thing that juggernaut does is just travel by walking through the bottom of the ocean, which is like a terrifying idea. Does he like is. punch like the fucking Loch Ness monster? down there wait Loch Ness wouldn't be down there oh uh well I mean the Loch Ness would be down the there if you walked all the octopus, way to like Scotland whatever the fuck it's or called. uh you're thinking of what like Cthulhu-esque monsters like the yeah. mysteries Giant of the things. deep he like stomps through Atlantis regularly and pisses off Namor I don't know yeah well I guess that is the only way he could travel because can't he would he not be able to get onto yeah a it's plane? not like he can I fly know. I mean he can't really do anything else he literally just has to walk that's everywhere a lot of goes. walking well didn't you get bored so no wonder he was so angry about the time he got there because he like was last in Weir Island, I think, and just, just had to stomp through the, the ocean until he got to Xavier's. That's actually really funny. Is that what we were supposed to be wait, seeing at the beginning? Wait, wait, I just figured something else. This is out of sequence because, all right, so in the Phoenix Saga, before the Dark Phoenix Saga, the Gladiator throws Juggernaut into the ocean. Oh, so this is like right after that, this is him crossing the ocean oh to get to Xavier, God, and that's why right. he's mad. I forgot about all of that because it was I think like that's why he's pissed off in coming to get to Xavier. That episode, but you're totally right. I forgot that he was even in those Phoenix episodes. I like how he just screamed wait 10 times until you stopped because I like had a pif- an epiphany wow. here. That explains why he's in the ocean though. That's crazy. It also explains why he's super fucking angry out of nowhere. Yeah, you know what? The juggernaut was right. Like honestly, he's justified in everything he does <laughs> in this episode at this point. Okay. That all that suddenly it all came together. It makes so much sense. It does. It's too bad the episodes were out of sequence because like 
I do feel like the show would probably be benefited if they weren't. But I like I just like like uh, I pieced it all together. I mean, it still works. That it does, and it's still a fun episode, even with without that context, which really says something for it. You know, it does. Oh, wait, I have one more gay comment. Okay. Um, I had this great vision of when Rogue was getting all pissed, like that moment when she like is on camera and just yeah, motions and to Beast away. to explain that bullshit and walking away. I just imagine Storm going into the other room to calm her down and be like, okay. <laughs> Let's talk about this. Yeah. Oh, it's really cute. I, I, I mean, imagine this is what your camera. your actual relationship is like, Maddie, is that you get yeah, mad at Yeah, that's what all my relationships like. are like. I'm the rogue <laughs> and I have to date the storm. I wish I were the storm in my life, but I'm really super not. I just have to accept that about myself. Well, you know, it's cool to be rogue as long as you're the, one of the variations of rogue where she's a tough gal, you know? Well, you know I am. You, you are. You know I'm not the Anna Paquin rogue. You can that's punch through sure. walls. You know Nobody what? Is I know the how Anna to put Paquin on a rogue. fucking seatbelt, okay? Unlike Anna Paquin, I know how to put on a oh. seatbelt. Oh my god anyway uh reader mail is that the next thing oh yeah we do okay so the first email we have is from zach zach writes my fiance and i had a discussion about how meaningful Iceman's coming out as a gay man is compared to characters who have always been written as lgbt like north star and wiccan he argued that it's less meaningful when the character who was conceived of as straight is revealed as LGBT because in comics so many things get retconned over time and worries that this could just be a phase in Bobby's history. Hmm. He's less trustful and more cynical about the nature of character fluctuations in comics and I can't blame him. I think that coming out stories are important but I do think there's a core of truth to the fact that Bobby wasn't always a gay man and that the next writer could decanonize this and the majority of Iceman's history would be back to cis <laughs> oh yeah that'd be bad yeah. however I don't think this would happen to Billy Kaplan Wiccan because he's always been gay right. neither of us have any deep knowledge of Iceman's history and canon I was wondering what you two think about this issue and about treatment of LGBT heroes in general thanks for the awesome podcast Zach this is a really interesting question it is I have a couple thoughts here a few actually so first of all this is what kind of sucks writing for comic books, especially big ones like Marvel, is that the writers can't make big decisions like that. That is something that they can suggest and say they want to do, and then Mar- Marvel says yes or no. Yeah. But I don't think at this point Marvel will do that for a couple different reasons. One being that the Iceman comics have uh, been selling so incredibly well. Yeah, and, that and it was such comics- a huge deal when he finally came out that I think it would be... Just given the framing of that and the way that it was publicized by Marvel at the time, it would be very strange if they were to put him back in the closet at this point. And he's such a safe character to have come out. It's like he's this white, blonde, cis man like i mean i love bobby but you know what i mean like it's not I, like I also, there's I anything think we're like in a new renaissance yeah i think we're in a new renaissance of uh, lgbtk characters in comics and obviously we still have a long way to go but but there's him a coming lot out was a pretty them. big deal I yeah feel and like. him coming out like actually i mean we already had north star yeah. and kyle get married which was like a big deal but I think with Iceman, it was a big deal because once when he came out, there's been a whole bunch of revelations of other characters that we've always assumed being bisexual or gay or, you know, I don't even know. Not not straight, though. And a lot of that came out like there was a recent one, the Winter's End comic with Iceman, where like future Iceman comes to talk to present Iceman about how in the future he hooks, he gets together with Dakin, but Dakin tricks him, even though he fell in love with him because Dakin was in a relationship with, uh, what's her name? War- it's not Warbird. Um, that Shi'ar girl, the pink one. Why- 
Deathbird, uh, and uh, Eric the Red, which is now canon as that apparently he's gay. Great. But also in that same issue, North Star showed up, and Emma's brother Christian showed up, who's also gay. And like, I think at this point, Mystique's been canonically said as being somebody who's bisexual. I th- I think we are moving in that direction. And the other thought I I want to say on this before I pass it over to you, Maddie, is that I think Iceman coming out as a gay man is a big deal and important because like instead of just like we don't have coming out stories in comics and for a character like Bobby who is predominantly dated women yeah. to suddenly be like you know I'm coming out as a gay man is a very real thing in this day and age with a lot of people who are our age and older who are suddenly coming out because it's okay finally for them to do that uh, it's, it's still not perfect but we live in a world where you can do that and I've I know so many adults in their 40s who are suddenly coming out because they can. Yeah. And same with people are our age. And a lot of, I mean, Maddie, we're not going to name names, but we know a lot of people right now who that (laughs) suddenly that we knew for a very long time as being people who are straight who are now supposedly straight who are now yeah are getting married to people of the same sex. Yeah. Yeah. It's I I I think that's why this is important. And I don't think they'll erase that. And canonically with Bobby in the stories in the comics is that, yeah, he's dated women, but they've all been like really bad relationships. Mm-hmm. And there's always been sort of this underlining layer is of I that has been intentionally written by certain writers, but not by all of them, where, you know, he is flirting with like, say, North Star or the Human Torch. Right. I mean, you were saying and we were talking a few episodes ago about Bobby and how you had felt like for a really long time they kept implying, implying, implying he was gay and they just couldn't yeah, quite get did. it over the threshold, which is part of why I feel like the situation isn't going to be retconned and also isn't itself a retcon of Bobby's history. It might be a retcon of some of those like 70s era comics where like no one was gay and everybody was flamboyant because it was just a different time. But like yeah. it isn't a retcon of like the 90s and 2000 comics where it was like implied that Bobby was gay, but he couldn't actually come out because they just politically, we weren't there yet. So that's part of why I feel like they're not going to put Bobby back in the closet because this was such a long time coming for this specific character. And there was, there were so many times where they, we thought it was going to happen. Like when the X-Men moved to San Francisco. You and I have talked about this for years too. You had thought that Bobby was gay for like ever. And we're always like, Oh yeah. Okay. And also shout out to our, our uh, companion podcast worker Valley, where Katie and I read uh, our old, old fan teenage fan fictions yeah. that are all about the X Men. And with Iceman was, gay from was the out in that series, <laughs> and I'm like, we were ahead of this. I mean, to be fair, everybody was having gay sex in that, but like that was the only one that was like it canonical. It really seemed like, real that that Bobby yeah. was going to come out. Like it, there were there were implications, and it's also like Ryan Pagella's fantasies were that Bobby was well, gay. sure, but, but like, like I think the point is that this there, has been a the long groundwork time was being laid there. It's not the same as like it would be kind of like a retcon at this point if they just suddenly turned around and were like rogue is bisexual like i would love it but i would definitely be like what like that's not actually something anyone said really other than yeah, like I, w- I would not have that but reaction not if the they same said with bobby where it's like for yeah. years so many people thought this and like you know what like I mean. oh there was like there was a really great thread with somebody who was writing down like who yeah they that was, was a fun thread we linked it was, on the but i agreed Twitter. with most of it because like okay so the, the ground the groundwork is there for like a lot of the characters for example storm wolverine definitely yeah. bisexual to the point where they had to make like another universe where wolverine could be bisexual so that idea has been discussed but also kitty pride definitely bisexual she definitely was in relationships with both rachel and iliana iliana's a lesbian she needs to come out of the closet she's super gay um <laughs> it, it, you know callisto callisto is probably bisexual it's like all these characters that like they're they kind of 
get the tension in there and you're like, oh, I can definitely see this. You know, it's you don't see that with like, I, I would love Scott and Wolverine to hook up. But yeah, but like, they're never going to. That's more just like a fun fan fiction premise. It's it's more it's a different situation with somebody like Bobby, where you can tell that for many, many issues, the character was actually being written to be a closeted gay man, but just wasn't actually written as coming Which is out. actually kind of like, I mean, it's I don't think he intentionally was originally. I think the first 20 yeah, years I don't he either. was around, he was not. But I think he evolved into that, yeah, which, which is which actually is really interesting. Cool. <laughs> I mean, it's and then like, like to have all thing. these writers pass him off, because I think they're having this issue with... Uh, dick grayson in the dc universe now because so many writers so many and gambit in the x-men same yeah. thing so many writers have come out and said like no we write them as bisexual characters yeah characters nightwing and gambit are both super bisexual which makes sense but then but again like, it uh, depends on who's writing them like i feel like yeah. you can read different issues where gambit acts one way and issues where he acts a different way it's like this is kind of a problem with comics so i can understand where this letter writer's partner is coming from. Where I it's mean, like, honestly, does it would make it a lot easier if we just assumed all comic book characters were bisexual and they could just date whoever <laughs> they wanted. Well, and like that way we don't, we could just get rid of the whole thing. Like, are they gay or straight? It would like, be they fun just date also everyone. if like Marvel were a little less, I don't know, strict about this stuff and was willing to write and let, just let people write what if comics and stuff like that. Where characters... I, think, I mean, I think they're changing, but the problem is that up top that hasn't changed enough yet. And like, eventually we'll get there but there has been great strides in terms of like marvel and dc although dc is a fucking mess and they've rebooted their entire universe like three times in the past like five years to the point where i can't even read dc comics anymore (laughs) yeah Um, i don't know what the fuck is going on it's like it's actually crazy how bad dc is doing like i'm sure people like enjoy they dc seen, comics they've seen the movies they it's know the, the movies are horrible <laughs> and the comics also don't make any sense the only thing that dc, DC has DC going for show, it is but... that they, they've got the cd the cw type shows where yes, the general true. public can eat up the superhero like smallville level of bullshit mm-hmm. and then they have like the really awesome animated shit like that is where they are making their bank right now yeah so. but anyway this show isn't about that. No, um, it's not. But I just so had yeah, to state that to this person for the email. It was interesting. So let's see. Um, we have another email from Drake that says, hey, Maddie and Ryan, a few episodes ago, you brought up that listeners could ask you to come to a convention. So even though this is probably a long shot, I thought I'd ask if you could come to Atlantic Comic Con mm. in July. I totally understand if you can't since it's not in your area. Uh, <laughs> anyway, thank you for keeping this awesome podcast going and adding video games. Let's just randomly go to Atlanta, Ryan. What else are we doing? You know, is that that's Atlanta, Georgia? Yes, there's no other Atlanta. <laughs> I don't know. Listen, listen, I don't know. That would be. Hey, you know what? It's at the same time as another convention we used to work for, but wow, we don't work there cool, anymore. So great. we could. So we're free that weekend. <laughs> that means it's probably my birthday weekend then if it's around that time. Uh, July 12th to 14th. So yeah. Yep. There you go. <laughs> You're like, correct. Yep. Uh, yeah, I make no promises about that because like Ryan doesn't even have a job currently. So I'm not going to be like, yeah, Ryan, can you pay for these plane tickets to Atlanta? I'm not going to do that to him. Oh but maybe well, when know, Ryan never, has a job know. again. Maybe we can get the mutant ages to fund you us can to go there. But... donate to our Patreon, guys. Patreon.com. But, but you, know, you, know, you know, maybe I do like dream of the idea that we could actually go and attend conventions and actually speak on panels and stuff, which we do that for Reese. So, very you cool. know, I think we're getting heading in that direction. But, yeah. you know. Uh, we have a Twitter comment that came from today, actually, where I just posted the por- parts of Corsair flying his ship and crashing it, mm-hmm. and to which somebody just said, Corsair is the launch pad McQuack of the X-Men universe, which, which is, is the most accurate thing I have ever heard. And let me see, is there any more? Oh, yeah, here we go. It says, um, hi, 
This is Ryan writing from the past, but also the future. Great. And I am body sliding with cable. As requested by Maddie, here is Ryan's top 10 fuck list. Oh my God. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll go from 10 to 1. So Great. 10 is Chamber. Uh, okay. Fucking sexy puck. Uh, 9 is obviously Colossus. 8 is obviously? Sunspot. None of this is obvious, Ryan. Uh, no, sorry. Listen. <laughs> 8 is Sunspot because he is, but he has to be like the sexy Brazilian boy, not like the whitewash version that okay, has happened. Okay, okay, of course. Uh, 7 is Nightcrawler. 6 is Gambit. 5 is Magneto because he is hot. True. 4 is Archangel. Uh, <laughs> 3 is Cable. 2 is Iceman. And number 1, can you guess it? Logan. <laughs> oh, it sure is. Oh, baby. Anyway, Cable <laughs> is really mad that he's not number one and is making me sleep on the couch. Luckily, Wolverine is staying over, so I'll just go sleep with him. Bye. Wow, this is great. Uh, you know, I'm a little surprised by the list. There's a lot of like age diversity and like just general diversity of powers and personality types on the list, which is kind of fun. I, don't I mean, you I, always I, make I fun of yourself as like having Except for Magneto, type. I sort of assume they're, they're all around the same age. Like when I say Sunspot, like when I was well, a kid, Magneto's yeah, sure, teenage guy. Sunspot was hot and Chamber as a teenager was hot, but also, now as adults. Logan is definitely an older guy, Ryan. You can't get around that. He may not look it, but he is. <laughs> I know, right? He's, he's an got, elderly he's man. Good. <laughs> it's like that fan fiction where it's like you can find out how old he is by uh, seeing the how <laughs> oh god I can't even talk about it I'm not gonna say it I'm not gonna say it I there's just the rings of the so tree is somewhere upset. inside of Logan's butt anyway anyway <laughs> that's it that's a good time to end those is it a good time for the plug section I guess it is yeah I mean I just talked about Wolverine's butt so yeah yeah let's I get onto those what plugs are we putting a plug in? speaking of butts plugs uh we have a twitter yes it's the mutant ages. We're also individually on Twitter. I'm at Mitty Myers. And I'm at Ryan Pagella. And we have Facebook. And I don't know. What else do we have for the, the mutant, mutant ages? The mutant ages has a Facebook and an Instagram and a Tumblr. You can follow whichever and a one you YouTube. want. YouTube. We have a YouTube channel. Oh, yes. Yeah, so YouTube. That is really important because we post. So here's the deal, guys. Uh, every single week you get a new mutant ages release on Tuesday. Tuesday, and it's Tuesday. It's either a podcast Tuesday. or it's a fun video. Uh, and the videos can range from anywhere of us doing X-Men skits or reading our old, like, terrible fiction or watching our, some of our old movies that are X-Men related. Uh, but also, we post up... Uh, Let's Plays. Let's Plays of the X-Men video games. And uh, we've done the Tiger handheld game. We've done the Wolverine NES game and mm -hmm. the X-Men NES game and a fan game, which was really great. It was. We have another PC game coming up, which is awful, but... <laughs> really fun to watch at least yeah i mean when we play bad games our suffering is your enjoyment and so definitely check yes. out the youtube channel if it's a tuesday and there isn't a podcast there's a video folks uh definitely follow the the twitter if you want to keep up on those releases or facebook or whatever social media you prefer and if you want to support us and support us potentially like going to other conventions and just like making cooler videos happen, you should go to our Patreon. The Mutant Ages Patreon is the place where you can directly support all the stuff we do. And you can get bonus episodes that we record about like Deadpool 2 and Into the Spider-Verse and we're going to release a Captain Marvel one soon. So you should definitely subscribe to the Patreon so you can get that stuff. We'll post up some videos too that's behind the scenes of us producing shit and uh, blooper reels. Eventually I'm going to put up a Snacksman blooper reel. It's just I haven't gotten to it. <laughs> oh my God. Snacksman. Yeah. Cool. I know. Which we released around Christmas. But you know what's really funny is that the... This is the last gaming video going up where the Christmas tree is still going to be in the background. Great. Cool. Listen. <laughs> now that it's like heading into March. We're going to we're going to make some new Let's Plays soon and there will not oh, wait, be a sorry, Christmas Oh, sorry. April. Tree. We're out. We're already through March. Good God. Whatever. Also, you can 
go to iTunes or whatever you use and leave a review. Yeah. We haven't seen it in a little while. So leave us reviews because that Please. increases our visibility. Please leave us a review. It doesn't have to yes. be long. It could be one sentence. It could just be a sentence that says Wolverine's butt. I don't know. Just, I mean, I hope just as long as it's a five star review because that. Wolverine's butt is five stars and so is our show. And it's six out of five stars. Yeah, you're right. If you can leave six stars, please do. And on that note, uh, we'll see you next time. Wait, no. No? You should also email us oh, at themutantages.gmail.com and we'll read your stuff on air. You're right. Thanks, I Maddie. I forgot about that. You can also email Maddie's us. got the mutant power of forgetting, forgetting shit. shit. Damn it. That's the worst <laughs> That's okay. mutant power. I have the mutant power of like being late everywhere. That Both of those are really bad powers. So we'll I, work I, would, on that. I really want to write like a version of an X-Men series or just like a mutant or superpowered school series where everybody's mutant powers are just like really shitty and useless. Okay. Well, please write that comic and post it on the Mutant Ages Twitter. And until then, we'll see you next time, folks. See you next time. And the next time we'll see you is after Disney. <laughs>